Welcome to tonight's Saturday Night Special, episode 159. I'm Alan Thomas. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talents, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to recognize the decisions that you make around your weight is key. And one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my good friend, Scott Mater. I, I tried all these things in the keyword there is try and tried all these things, but I never committed once. I never committed to where it was no way. And I'd lost 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds to gain 10, 20, 30 extra on top of it back because there was always, it was always a good idea to do it later. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In tonight's Saturday Night Special, I interview Alan Thomas. I ask Alan to share how he discovered that his faith and his weight were connected and how this discovery drove him to reinvent his health. I also ask Alan to share with you why that understanding led him to help others with their weight goals. And Alan also shares some of the real things that are likely holding you back from your ideal weight. One area that a lot of folks need some help with is around the area of productivity. Getting not just more things done, but actually getting the right things done can be really, really tough. I've got a course called Productivity for Your Passion that's designed to help you do this and then to hold you accountable and walk with you so that you can tailor productivity not just to be getting more done, but actually getting the right things done. What's more, we take the approach of looking at your personality and how you actually look at things in the world and tailor the productivity system to your personality. Because the truth is, a lot of the systems that are out there are written really well for somebody with a particular personality type. But if you have a different approach to things, they just don't work. But there's tools and techniques and approaches that you can take that will work for anyone. And we help you do that in productivity for your passion. Check it out over at inspiredstewardship.com slash launch. On March 2nd, 2017, at the age of 55, Alan Thomas stepped on his scale and it read 304 pounds. Literal panic set in. It was the day after his 31st wedding anniversary and three thoughts ran through his mind. First, he could not ever recall meeting a 65-year-old man that was more than 100 pounds overweight. His experience as a life insurance professional told him that he had less than 10 years to live. Secondly, he would likely be known as his wife Angie's first husband, since he would probably be dead in less than 10 years. And third, that all the dreams he hoped to accomplish in the future would be cut short by his obesity. In that state of panic, while still standing on the scale, Alan reached for his cell phone and snapped a picture. Because at that moment, he made the decision to never see those numbers on a scale that he stood on again. Fast forward 260 days, and Alan stepped on the same scale 
and weighed 175 pounds. He conquered a lifelong battle with obesity in 260 days. Alan had been on dozens and dozens of diets and exercise plans and never been able to take off the weight. Today, Alan coaches his clients to lose weight. His process, known as Rethink Dieting, gets incredible results, but Alan never tells anyone what to eat or what exercises to do. Alan's clients unlock their potential as the weight releases. According to Alan, if a diet or an exercise plan were the answer, everyone would already be at their ideal weight. Welcome to the show, Alan. Hey, great to be here, Scott. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's great to have you here. This is a topic that I think at first glance, it doesn't necessarily, quote, fit in the stewardship bucket. But as we've had a conversation and we've been running in the same circles for a year, I absolutely believe that it does. So can you talk a little bit more about how your faith journey and your weight journey intersected? Yeah, no, I'd love to. And I do think it it is spot on its foundation of stewardship. And so, but really from a standpoint of where I, the faith journey happened for me was, it was honestly realizing that the day that I stepped on the scale at 5'11", 55 years old, and saw 304 pounds stare back at me. Now there's tipping points for everyone. Some people, it's a 10-pound tipping point. Some people, it's hundreds of pounds. For me, it was I was over 100 pounds overweight. And I realized that the woman that was depending on me to provide for that was still in bed resting, and our kids that while a couple of them already grown and out of the house, they, and a couple still at home, they'd be calling another guy dad. They'd be call, she'd be likely married to somebody else while we had just celebrated the our 31st wedding anniversary. And to my knowledge, she hasn't been doing any shopping around still to this day. <laughs> but it was my lack of stewardship for what I knew could be done. And, th- and this is what the real coax of it was, is that it, it wasn't that I didn't have the desire to change. No different than somebody who struggles with any challenge in their life is that I just was unwilling to make the decision and cut off all other possibilities. And it was as though when I was standing on that scale, it's like God opened up my mind and said, okay, how many hundred pound overweight men do you know at 65 and or older? And what was interesting is I'd spent about a decade prior to that helping senior citizens with health insurance, burial insurance, funeral insurance. And I'd sat in probably, I don't know, two, three, four thousand homes, training agents, always with older people. And I never, I could not remember one single individual, a man. Now, ladies will likely live longer a lot of times in poor health, even though they're, they may carry a lot of weight. But a man, I couldn't remember one man that was over 65 that had more than 100 pounds. Now, they're out there. In fact, I've got, I've got clients who are that situation, but they are really a unicorn. They're so unusual. And the reason, and it just opened my mind up, and while I thought about my weight every day of my life, repeatedly through the day, that moment was the moment I realized that I was likely going to be dead in 10 years or less. And, and that was five years ago this month. And it was really a surreal moment. And what was interesting, kind of a segue on that is I 
like most people, I walk around with my cell phone in my hand. Mm-hmm. And in my whole life, I'd never taken a picture of a scale. But that morning, I decided that I, when I saw that, it was like a disaster. Like if your neighbors had a tree fall on their house, you dial 911, you go make sure everybody's okay, try to save who you could. The very next thing you're going to do is any red-blooded human being out there now with the cell phones, you're going to take a picture of that disaster. And so I took a picture of that 304-pound reading because I said, I will never see that again. And 260 days later, it was gone. And which is that 260 days later, you dropped to 175. Is that 175, right? 175. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, go ahead. You, you had that moment of never again, but how, how'd that happen? <laughs> you know? and, and that's a great question. I, and I get that a lot, but I'll give you an example. We all know how to do it. Okay. It's no different than what you talk about it. In your coaching and your stewardship, talk about money. We all know how to spend less than we make, but it's not convenient at times. It's not easy at times. And we tend to put it off for a long period of time and thereby ending up thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands in debt in these places that we can't feel like we can't escape from. And that's exactly what weight is. It was, I had been on probably, if you name a diet, I'd been on it twice. You name an exercise plan that will guaranteed results. I've been on it four times or whatever. I'm just throwing numbers out, but it's probably my wife and I sat down one day and we listed approximately 70 different diets I've been on. I'd read books. I'd, I'd tried all these things and the keyword there is try and tried all these things, but I never committed once. I never committed to where it was no way. And I'd lost 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds to gain 10, 20, 30 extra on top of it back because there was always, it was always a good idea to do it later. It was always, it was a little bit like Wimpy from the cartoon. I would gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. I was going to pay that debt of overeating back down the road. And it never, that day never came until it came. Yeah. One of the things that I've said before is someday is not on any calendar. Yeah. I'm going to do yeah. it someday. I'm going to do it someday. Show me that date on the calendar. <laughs> Yeah. And people listen to it and say, you asked me how uh, that I did it and I didn't give you an answer. That is the answer. No, no, the you decision. Did. But I'm saying this for the person who's out <laughs> yeah. there saying, I want to know, did he do keto? Did he do paleo? Did he do intermittent fasting? Did he do all these things? And the, re- the reality is I could write a book on diets before, before that date, but I just wasn't applying anything that I already knew how to do. And probably all of those diets work, oh, but, every one of them. you know, it's not a, it's not a, you hadn't chosen, chosen the right diet or the right exercise plan. It's that you hadn't committed to any of them. You, you played around <laughs> with them. If that makes sense. And I love the analogy of money because I think in stewardship, we talk about you know, type talent treasures. And I think our weight journey does have some analogies with both our time and our money in terms of a lot of it is about that commitment, that intentionality, that making that decision much more than it is about, did you budget using a 70, 30, or did you do this? Did you use this tool or that tool? Or did you use your time management? Do you use GTD or do you use Stephen Covey stuff? Yep. They both work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? all, they all work. <laughs> it's, it's what are you going to do? So why did you turn from that? I, I get that you made the commitment mm-hmm. for yourself, but why did that lead you to becoming a weight loss coach? It was, I went on a fairly public journey. A lot of people 
watch my journey. There, there's no way to hide it. And th- this is another thing that sounds off track, but it's really has such a big bearing is everybody know, knew that I was morbidly obese, uh, but I thought I could wear the darks. Uh, there were suits dark enough and there were, and, and even if you do vertical like, stripes, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was in the clothing business for 25 years. I sold a business in South Carolina. So you can't hide it. You just can't hide it. And so people seeing what took place, the first question everybody asked, here's the question they're asking. They won't say it this way. They're saying, what is your magic pill that you have so that I can continue doing the behavior that I'm doing and still lose weight and have everything? Be able, in other words, can how I can go out and use every one of my credit cards and still end up not owing any money. Is a guy using the money metaphor. And so people started coming to me. Well, and, how can I eat everything I want all the time that I want and sit on my butt all day and not gain weight? <laughs> that, that's it. And, and I started, so I started helping people just sporadically. People come to me and ask me, and it was not something that I thought about doing. I was doing some business coaching because I had a lot of sales background, a lot of mom business, all these different things that made most sense, but it was never, it was just kind of funny. And I our good friend, Dan Miller, Dan, and mm-hmm. who 48 Days to Work Love. Dan's mentored me since he's been on the show. Yeah, since 2004 or five, two, first uh, early part of 2005, I started working with Dan. He uh, coached me and he said to me, Alan, he said, what? He said, Why are you not a weight loss coach? And I said, Dan, I don't want to. I la- laughed to myself. I said, that is just silly. I don't want to tell people what to eat and what exercises do. That's just silly. And so fast forward about a month from that. And it's just interesting how God brings things in your life when you're ready. And somebody reached out to me. They heard my story. They, as an individual that was pushing 400 pounds and, and said, some things you said made sense. Will you help me? Will you coach me? And I'm like, and I really, this was my attitude about it. I was very, I was like, I really don't want to do this. I said, I think I even said those words. I don't want to do this. I said, but I hear you. I know where you're at. I know how to fix it. I said, I'll do three sessions with you. And I, and I said, and here's what the fee will be. And I said, but I'm never going to tell you what to eat. I'm never going to tell you what exercise to do. And I said, cause that is not your problem. And golly, when it started, he started dropping weight like crazy. And I was in a mastermind of some other people and they started laughing at me. They said, Alan, you're not a, you teach the mind part of the weight loss that don't, you don't have to tell them what they eat. And so I never do. I never do. And it's so funny. And I, just a funny story. One, and I, one, of, one of my clients who came to me, because almost anybody who's overweight has been on enough diets where they already know those principles. They just haven't applied them. But this individual came to me about a little over a year ago and was 440 pounds. I didn't realize he was in a wheelchair if he had to walk more than 10. Very successful hotel executive. He had gotten hurt in a fall up in the Northeast on some black ice. He slipped. And so he went from being overweight to be morbidly obese. And he, when he came into our rethink dieting program, I said, I'm not going to tell you what to eat. I tell that people that up front. I said, I'll do, I'll guide you on how to track some things. But I said, I'm not, we don't, uh, we work on the stuff you've been missing. And, uh, 
And he said, it was so funny because he hadn't been on a diet before. He said, I've never been on a diet. I don't know what to eat. I said, let me ask you this. If your wife, who I know you love dearly and who loves you, and your two daughters, who I'm positive you love dearly because he talks about them all the time. I said, if they were being held at gunpoint, and God forbid this ever happened, this is an ugly metaphor, but it was one that got his attention. I said, they were being held at gunpoint, and, you, and all you had to do was lose one pound, just one pound over the next seven days. And you couldn't stop eating. You couldn't cut off a body part. You couldn't right. do anything that wasn't, quote, healthy. Now, I know you don't say you don't know, but you've got to stay that your doctor would applaud. What would you do? And he paused. He's a very humble individual, very quiet, not a loud person like I am. And he stopped for about 20, 30 seconds. I thought he'd hung up, actually. And he said, because we were on just, just phone. We weren't, we weren't on Zoom. And he said, Alan, I guess I could eat less. I said, there's where we start. Mm -hmm. And now I think he's 130 or 140 pounds down right now and walking and still going on his way to 190 pounds. It was always the decision. It was never the diet. Now, here's something interesting from a, from a stewardship side, from a financial side. This individual has had the most success he has ever seen in his career. He's been interna mm -hmm. recognized internationally with this company. His CEOs, they've created a word around his last name that means like a get it done word for their company, that for this massive company. And, he, and it just happens almost every, well, pretty much every time. There's always something, it's almost like God saying, Alan and Scott and everybody else on planet earth, if you'll do the simple, not the easy, but the simple, if you'll do the simple, I'm going to open up the floodgates of heaven for you, and you're going to get to see what this is real, what life to the full really is about. Yeah. And that's actually in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. If you look for it, it actually tells you that. Sure. We just don't believe it. But that's right. Here's why because I've had people that I'm working on their money and mm -hmm. they come back and they're like, I lost weight. There you go. And I never told them <laughs> to go on a diet. It's not because they're that's starving right. themselves. It's not. Right. I've had people that are working on their productivity that come back and they're like, but my money's getting more in, in order. And I think it's because the joke that I tell people that's not a joke is you come to me for help with time or with money. The real truth is the only thing I help with is talent, because at the end of the day, it's all about how you handle yourself. And I think health and food and weight falls into that same category. It's not actually about the diet air quotes around that it's about the mindset the attitude the belief sure. the and, and so how do you actually get into that from your point of view with what you do you know if you're not going to tell people what to eat you're not going to give them the diet plan you're not going to tell them exercise with whatever alphabet soup exercise plan is out there today and i don't even know i'm so terrible it's i can't even quote one but if you're not going to do that how do you actually help them lose weight? What is the stuff that they've been ignoring, so to speak? We, t we teach them to stick to it. We teach, them to go the, we teach them to go the distance. They, it, we go the distance and for our kids. For a kid, if a child, if we've been blessed with four children who are all grown now, my youngest, we no longer have a teenager in the house as of December. I've got my youngest is 20. And, and, but we do anything for our kids. We go the distance for them, no matter what it took. No matter what it took, we would leave no stone unturned. We would do, we would go the distance. But when it comes to our 
when it comes to handling an area that is not easy, I'll grant you, it's not easy. And it's never going to be easy. It's not meant to be easy. It's meant to build a muscle that, that we've ignored. It's a discipline muscle. And so when we go the distance, we can accomplish almost anything. And we gain, and this is so interesting, we teach perspective. We teach, we teach. And when somebody says to me, oh, slow and steady wins the race and weight loss, I, I want to, I want to scream. I will do other things that are, that I won't say on your podcast, is there, <laughs> but because we gain weight, most clients, like, and I, I work with people that might have 20 pounds to lose. And I work with people that might have 300 pounds to lose and everything in between. But let's say somebody's got a hundred pounds of weight to lose and they're in, they weighed their ideal weight 30 years ago. Okay. So there's a hundred pound gap that took 30 years to achieve. So call it 30, we'll call it 33 pounds a year, 33 pounds total over that, over those 30 years. So that's a little over three pounds a year they gain. Math doesn't lie. It's kind of like what you do. Math doesn't lie. You can't, can't argue with the spreadsheets when the numbers add up. It just, it is an exact science. So they gain three pounds a year or a little, a little better than three pounds a year. And when they lose a pound a week, they consider it slow. <laughs> Explain that to me. So here's the perspective that I use with a lot of people. And I encourage anybody to listen to this, to apply these principles. A pound a week, a pound a week is if they, that's 52 pounds in a year. And if they gained three pounds, well, I'm doing math in my head and I went to the University of South Carolina, so it might take me a second, but th- three pounds, what is that? 16, 17, what did I do that? 16, seven, 17 times, About 17, se- times yeah. 17 times faster. And I'm totally doing this on the spot, but 17 times, 17 times, let's suppose that you drove to your supermarket. They have Safeways out there or what, you know, what grocery? South Texas. So we have HEB. So So you go to the HEB at at the grocery store and you drive, you probably average 45 miles an hour. And so let's 17 times faster. (laughs) So let's go to the grocery store at 765 miles an hour and see if you miss your turn. And so that's what we're doing, a pound a week or two pounds a week or whatever that number is. And it's not to say, so when somebody says to me, slow and steady, I just want to scream because it's not slow. It's perspective. So we teach. But it is steady. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be steady. Steady is absolutely. But it also doesn't go up. It doesn't. It's not a straight line down. Oh, no. Absolutely. And one of of my my clients. Well, when you said 3.3 pounds a year, that's the average. That doesn't mean they actually gained three pounds any of those years. (laughs) They might have gained 10 one year. They might have gained none one year. But on the whole. And they may have lost some one year and actually made progress and then none did. It all of that, yeah, right. But we're but we're all living with weight, whatever health, whatever financial situation that we're in. I believe we're all living based on living a level based on our beliefs and what we're tolerate, what we'll tolerate. So if I'm willing to tolerate 250, gosh, I could tolerate 260, and I could compare myself to the guy sitting next to me in church because he weighs 290 and I look pretty good by, beside him. So I'm always going to look for him when I'm sitting next to him. These are things <laughs> that I used to do. When, if you really want to see the overweight people go to the beach, I live a mile from the beach, the Atlantic Ocean. We live on Amelia Island, Florida. If you really want to see the overweight people go down there, you can feel really good about yourself. So you, it's constantly a comparison game, which, but with that, in it, in it softens and it's 
I'm okay. And people say that weight doesn't matter and all these things. But the truth is it does matter. It does matter. Is it okay to, is it okay to be a hundred thousand dollars in debt? I can make an argument that it is, but uh, you can make, if I have a $10 million income, a hundred thousand pay off by Tuesday probably or, or whatever. But the point I'm making is we believe we support with beliefs, what we really want. And so, so we we'll work with our clients on changing that. When and you have to become, you have to become the ideal weight person before you get there. You have to become a good steward of money before you get a bunch of money. Isn't that interesting? How that works, or it just goes away? I, football, uh, pro football players and baseball players, we can probably tell story after story on that. Lottery so, winners, forty percent uh, yeah. of lottery winners are bankrupt within five years of winning the lottery. How does that yeah. happen? Yeah. It's because it's because the it's so the magic pill is becoming the person. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. if you if, in other words, if you become the person that's not going to never again. Yeah. It's I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to be that person again. Then it has more likelihood of actually becoming real because you've already made it real in your mind. Uh, yeah, and and obviously we have strategies that we use that that are really effective, but the strategy is not not what's important. It's what do you really want? What do you really want? And so, it, and it's so funny when one of my clients, I, he's he's been with us just a little over six months. He came in our program at seventy years old, three hundred fifty-three pounds, two fused vertebrae. Uses a walker with the tennis balls on the end because he can't walk without support. But. I knew we could help because he has bad knees. Oh, he's you name it. He oh, he's also a heart condition. Don't forget. So he has every reason in the world to believe that he can't do it. Right? He could come up with every coping mechanism in the world that was just say, "Would you please pass the single serving size of Doritos that are marked family size?" I know that's not true. They're single serving, and whatever, and use that excuse. But he made a decision about August of last year. And he made the decision. It's interesting. He hadn't been under three hundred pounds since the seventies. And so I have people all the time tell me, well, I can't lose weight because I can't exercise. I said, that's not true. I don't say that to them, but I know it's not true. And this individual, he's down, he's down 70 pounds so far, uh, I think 69, 68 pounds, whatever it is. He's in the 280s right now. And if you ask him, his ideal weight is around 180 or whatever. He, there's no question in his mind that he's getting there now. Mm-hmm. He, knows, he knows how to do it. And it had nothing to do with it, had nothing to do with me giving him a diet. I didn't give him one. And he can't exercise physically. It's impossible for him right now. Now, well, he's hoping one day, but here's what's cool is he would, now he doesn't have any children of his own, and, but he was playing with, he has three children that are like his children. They're grown. They're, they're a friend of his. They're, they treat him like a father with a lot of respect, like a dad. And he was messaged me the other day about playing with them, playing with their children. And what's so cool is he might not have been here because he was a he was an anomaly. I've rarely talked to somebody over 65 that has over 100 pounds. And that, like I said earlier, and he's an anomaly, but it's so cool to see it. He knows that his best years are ahead of him. So a lot of it sounds like in, in the language that the listeners have heard me use before when it comes to money or productivity or all of these things, it's finding a big enough why to actually follow through sure. and do do the thing because <laughs> you already Absolutely. know the how it's not the how that's actually the, that's the problem. A lot of times we're focused on the how when it's actually the why that we need. It's not the how. So other than the obvious 
impacts that on health. I think everybody knows that being overweight, heart condition, bad back, bad knees, this, that, and the other thing. What other kinds of costs have you seen to somebody remaining obese? No, that's, and I love that question because I got a similar question the other day. I was on a, a business entrepreneurial podcast and, and they were asking me about that. And really, I don't feel like I have a health offer. Okay. And the reason I say that now, does it affect your health to be overweight? Obviously it does, but does it really matter that it affects your health? 70 plus percent of the U.S. population is overweight and, and, and right at 50% are obese. So I guess it doesn't matter. But it's interesting. It does matter. Clearly, I'm I'm being tongue in cheek with that. But the point is, it impacts your business. When you're morbidly obese or even a little overweight, it impacts your business. It will make it'll give you a monkey on your back that you're thinking about when you walk into that meeting. You'll have promotions that you miss because of your weight. I've had that. I've talked to many people that that's happened. Dude, they're positive. That's why they didn't get it, but they still carried the weight. And so it's costly. It's a business offer. People, when people say, what about relationships? It it impacts relationships. I've literally had people on the phone with me that had an individual one time that was on the phone that had struggled with her weight. And their wife told them while they were on the call with me that she and the kids had already left because of the way he was handling his weight. It made me want to cry. It just made me broke my heart. I've had people, men and women talk to that their relationship is broken up over the weight. They're positive of that. that I've, so when you ask what else does it impact, it impacts everything. It is the foundation. And here's what's the saddest of all. It's a spiritual issue. And this is what breaks my heart the most is that as believers, when we go out and we have a billboard on us that reads, I'm not disciplined, it's unattractive to non-believers. And this is not me shaming people. I've been there. I've sat between the elbows of a man that was 300 plus pounds. I know what it's like. And I know what it's like for people to look. There's a reason why God talks about gluttony and and obesity and overweight is an example of gluttony because the only way you get to be that is to overeat. And that's gluttony. And I know gluttony can be talked about for other areas too. But specifically, when you talk about those things, think about this. Think about the man this or a woman who is talking to somebody who is a non-believer and they're listening to them and they're, and maybe that individual is a drug addict or maybe they're an alcoholic or maybe they run, maybe they're in faith with their wife and they're speaking to them and they're a hundred pounds overweight or 75 pounds overweight or 200 pounds overweight, whatever the amount is. And they're speaking to that individual about getting disciplined in that area of their life when they're wearing it on the outside and they can't hide it. So it is that to me, it is the greatest spiritual issue of the 21st century is weight. It, there is no doubt about it. You can, I can fake it with money. I can fake it with my relationship. I can fake it with every other way and I can hide it pretty good, but I can't hide, I can't hide an extra 50 or hundred or 200 pounds, whatever the amount is. And when you, and when a pastor stands at the front of the church and I say this out of love, not out of, not a hate or condemnation. Cause I've been that person. When you start thinking about what Paul said, when he said, but I dis- discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Ouch. And so when people ask whatever, it costs you everywhere. And I've talked to couples that haven't been intimate 
in decades. How long is that going to last? The relationship is going to last. They, their children, my own children, my, my second oldest son said to my wife before, this was before I lost weight and I didn't, she was kind enough not to tell me until after, but she said, dad doesn't love us enough to lose weight. And I, I keep going. There is not one area of life that is not impacted by this. This is the only area that's the only area of life that affects everything because it is the foundation. It is where you've got to handle it at some level. Now, I don't tell people what they should weigh either. That's another thing I want to say to you. But if you feel like your weight is holding you back, period, in any level, then you weigh too much. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And of mm-hmm. course, I'm not speaking to people that struggle with the keeping weight on. I'm not. I'm talking about right. people who struggle with excess weight and they know good that they should do something about it. And they've, quote, tried a thousand times like I had or a hundred or 70 or whatever. It's not the diet. It's not how many push-ups you can do. It's are you doing the best with the the gift that God's given you? And if if our body is a temple, then how are you actually taking care of that temple? In terms of one of the things that I I've been in and out of church throughout my life, and I've come back to it. And one of the I was raised Methodist, and so mm-hmm. one of my jokes as a Methodist is where two or more Methodists are gathered, a chicken must die because we sure. everything revolves around food, and I think that's true of a lot of of church environments. And what I've seen happen is it's almost like being overweight is held up as a, a badge of honor, as in mm-hmm. here have another serving. It's kind of what they say. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this to you off air. You walk in almost any church in, in America, and it, because of our culture, our culture, if you walk in it as a leader, maybe you're a deacon, maybe you're a pastor, maybe you're the wife or, or mate, spouse of a pastor or, or one of those, you walk in and, and you've had a glass of wine before church or bourbon or scotch or whatever. And I, I'm not saying this is the right thing to do. I'm just saying you just had one. And you walk in, they and some of the other leaders smell alcohol. They're going to pull you aside, and you're probably or your spouse is probably going to fall out of leadership until you get that straightened out. But it, but you go into that Wednesday night supper, and you weigh an extra fifty pounds or hundred pounds or whatever overweight, and you have three plates of fried chicken, biscuits, gravy, all the fixings. And the only questions you get asked is, "What do you want for dessert?" And it's ignored, just like you said, it's completely ignored in, in most cases, and it, or it's talked about one time rather than lived out. And it's and what's so what's so sad is that it's the greatest opportunity that we have too, because every and I think it's in Romans. You can I'm not a Bible scholar clearly, but in Romans, Paul talks about we all have weight that we carry, and so. Each individual has weight, a weight that they carry. Uh, you could be standing in a room with a hundred uh, men and women that look like they stepped out of a James Bond movie where they're all perfect size. They all have, don't have any extra body fat. They look like they work out every day. And you're the only one that weighs extra. I promise you all those people have weights that they're carrying. It might be in, in relationship to their of their fidelity to their spouse. It might be in relationship to, to maybe they've made a bunch of bad decisions. Maybe they're They've taken things from their business. They've stolen from partners, said bad things. They've done awful, all these things that they're carrying with them and that they can't seem to get control of. And you start losing weight around. It's so 
interesting to me, and this is probably one of the things that's fascinated me more than anything, is the people around you get impacted without you saying a word. You don't have to tell them what to eat. You don't have to tell them tell them that you're losing weight. They see it, and then all of a sudden, they have hope that they can overcome their weight that might not be anything to do with physical. And it's the coolest thing. I know one of, one of my clients, he sent me a, a message. This has been two, three years ago now, it, but he sent me a message and it was a Facebook message of his sister that was leading a Bible study on a Facebook group. He says, Alan, and she spoke better than I do. I'm not a great speaker, but clearly everybody knows that by now. They, she's speaking really clearly. And he said, she couldn't talk without stuttering for 45 years. He said, do you know why that, do you know why that happened? And I said, no. He said, because she watched my journey and she said, I'm going to battle my challenges now. What's that? I, I hear those stories. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? Yeah. But we are a witness. Yeah. And you don't have to talk. You don't have to say a word. Just have to do it. Yeah. It's so neat. That's always preach the gospel when necessary. Use word. Love that. Haven't, okay. haven't heard that before. <laughs> so I love that. I, I believe that's a Mother Teresa quote, but I you double check me before you attribute it to her. I but it's, love yeah, that. No, I'm gonna, it may I'm be gonna, Saint, Saint Aquinas too. It's a, uh, it, one of those. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, you know, always preach the gospel when necessary, use words. Because I think we live it. And again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Christians have to be perfect because <laughs> we're not. No. <laughs> yeah, that's not the point. It's not about perfection, but it is about that journey. It's it is progress. about, are yeah, you progress. moving that direction? Yeah. One of the expressions, again, people will have heard if they listen to the show very much is progress, not perfect. Yeah. Are you going the right direction or not? The 1% improvement, you were talking about consistency and one pound mm-hmm. and all of that. If you improve by 1% each and every day across a year, <laughs> okay, that's 38% improvement. Okay, it's yeah. 37 in a fraction, but it's yeah. about 38% improvement. But here's the question, and I'll ask you and let you play the lister. If you did that for a decade, for 10 years, so if, if every day for a year, 1% improvement is 38%, that if you kept improving 1% every day and did that for a decade, for 10 years, what's the percentage improvement? I don't ha- I'm not that great at math, so you're going to have to help me with it's, that one. It's a 5 followed by 15 zeros. Oh, wow. I love okay. that. I love that. <laughs> it's five, such a big number. Five followed by 15 zeros. zeros. Five times 10 to the 15th wow. power if you want scientific notation. Wow. It's, I love that. It's so big that it's not a number. The reason I don't say it is it's a five or whatever name that number has, because mm-hmm. it does have a name, is because it's so big that you can't even really grasp how big that is. That's a huge number. And yet it's the same math. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's consistency. We grossly overestimate what we can do in a day. We grossly underestimate what we can do in a year. (laughs) Yeah. And it speaks so much to the said recently, and I thought I'm trying to remember this, but the definition of what we're willing to do for something speaks to whether you can handle it. The definition of what you're willing to do for something. So are you willing to go the distance? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do the work? It always fascinates me when somebody, they're willing to do the work if they just have a heart attack 
and then as soon as I'm into it, it's all of a And then the settlings takes place almost every time. They start settling. Doing better. Gosh, I sure would like that thing. And I'll tell you, I'm a believer that Jesus declared all food good because he did. He and sure. to, to Peter, he said, Hey, all food's good. And in Southeast United States, North Florida slang, it, it's all good. Is what we would say. So does that mean, so this is another one of the things I always get fascinated by. People say, I'm eating good or I'm eating bad. And there is no good or bad. Now, are there better choices? Sure, there are. I'm I'm not ignorant to the fact. But I love what one of of my clients, again, I don't tell people what to eat, but I help them understand what they've got to do just from a, because it's a math equation at some level. And it's so funny. This is probably a year and a half ago now, but he came to me. No, it was about a year ago, excuse me, because it was around Easter. He came to me on one of our one of our calls and first thing he said, I, I got to tell you about something. It was a Monday after Easter. He said, you know what I had for breakfast? And I said, no. He said, apple pie. I said, awesome. That's great. How'd you figure out how to do it? He said, I started doing all this stuff like you did, like you teach me and all these things on Sundays, I couldn't figure out how to have it on for Easter Sunday. I just couldn't figure out. Now, this guy lost a bunch of weight and he was losing weight that and he was committed. He just wouldn't do it. And he figured out a way to have it for breakfast on Monday morning. Now, he doesn't have it every day. Obviously, it's a rarity, but he figured out how it would work for him. And I applaud that. And so it's so interesting when people say, oh, I can't do this. Well, if you've got an allergy, sure, if you got something like that. But this isn't about doing without forever. It's just, it's a little bit like when you're getting out of debt, you don't buy a Ferrari. But if all of a sudden you find yourself making a couple million a, a week or whatever, and all the debt's gone, go buy your Ferrari if you want to, if that's what floats your boat, if you but can handle it. I have a past client that every year for his wife's birthday, he buys her a brand new Cadillac. Yeah. Okay. And everybody's Oh, how wasteful. He's spending you know, 70, 80, $100,000, whatever it is on this brand new Cadillac every year. And I'm like, okay, let's do the ratio of proportion because I know this guy's income. If you make $100,000 a year, okay, him buying this brand new co- Ferrari or your brand new Cadillac for his wife is comparable to you buying a $100 used car once a year. That's exactly right. Okay. That's the same ratio. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know? and think about all those employees for Cadillac that he kept in yeah. business that he's helping I mean, the economy. If he wants to stroke a check and buy her a brand new Cadillac every year, because that makes her it. happy. It makes him happy. Go for it, dude. You're not being irresponsible with your money. Um, by that. the way, he also gives a bazillion dollars to charity every year too, and does other sure. things. So plus has sure. multiple businesses and employs people and yada, yada, yada. But he's not getting rich the wrong way either, but so let's, uh, uh, I got a few questions that I like to ask every guest, but before we turn our attention sure. to those, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listener about your coaching and what you do? Yeah, Scott, really the thing that I would say is you can do this. Don't lose hope. Number one, no matter how many times you try, because I was the worst of the worst. I was the worst of the worst. I tried and everything I tried didn't work until it did. And so you can do this and don't get hung up on, if you're looking for the magic diet, please know it doesn't exist. It it doesn't. There is no way that you get there without doing some work, but it's not impossible. And like you talked about just a minute ago, 
the five to the with the 15 zeros. It's about making progress. And it's about not quitting. And so just be encouraged. I, that's the biggest thing because I've sat there in, in a puddle of tears, literally just beating myself up. Number one, stop doing that to yourself. God doesn't make junk and he didn't start with anybody who's listening to this. <laughs> and so, so when you, so what I would say is just realize it can be done, have some hope because it can, and then get after it. So one of the questions I like to ask everybody, and we talked a little bit about stewardship earlier, but I want to ask you specifically, my brand is inspired stewardship. I run things mm-hmm. through that lens. What does the word stewardship actually mean to you? And what has the impact of that meaning been on your life? It, I think God's pretty clear about it, is that we don't own anything, really. We're, it, it's uh, Whether you're talking about, from a purist standpoint, or you're talking about tithing, you're just admitting that the rest is His. And it's always interesting, but it really means taking care of what you've been given. You know, whether it's your relationship with your spouse, whether it's your kids, whether it's your weight, whether it's your health, whether it's your money, it's everything. And I... None of us are going to be perfect. We're not supposed to be. We're supposed to, we're supposed to grow. And the only way you grow is to try different things and to do stuff. But at the end of the day, there's God's pretty clear with his roadmaps. He doesn't make it confusing. We want it. It's to be. simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. No, 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 no question about it. But it's but there's such a benefit. And when you are a steward of what you of your resources. And I, I love to think of like the two guys that that told me about a guy named Jesus, how much courage it took for them to come into my house in February of 1991. It wasn't easy. That was them being steward of their time. And hopefully it's going to have a ripple effect in a thousand fold, but because of what they did. And so I think it, it speaks to, but it mainly speaks to what Jesus really talked about. It basically said, Hey, they're going to know me by how you guys behave. And our testimony is how, what we do, whether it be with weight, which is the most obvious of all, or with money or with any of those things, people know. And it's really, I believe it's a non-believer's window to eternity is who is you. You're a pastor of a church that we used to attend in South Carolina before we moved down here. He said, I can stand up on the state house. We lived in the capital city. I can stand up on the state house very top of those steps, which is, I don't know, there's probably a hundred of them. It's pretty high up in the air. He said, I can preach till kingdom come. He said, but in your dry cleaners, in your sales meetings, in your businesses, in your schools, he says, y'all preach with your life more powerfully than I'll ever be able to do. Mm-hmm. And with that, I remember that sermon more than anything. And that's what this, that's what this weight loss journey is to me too. It is because Change. I believe that God intends to change the trajectory of obesity, and it will take more than a million men and women total a month just to turn the corner. There's 650 million obese adults worldwide. The numbers are astounding. How many people die from obesity-related deaths? And I don't want to get. I don't want to get to heaven and have Jesus say to me, "You got here early." I really intended for you because we do have free will in this process. People say, my days are numbered. They're numbered and keep eating and or go play in the middle of the interstate highway and see how quickly those numbers change. And, and so the, those were the, and I don't, I'm not trying to 
be a theologian here, but at the end of the day, we do have free will. You have free will with your money. There's consequences. You have free will with your food. There's consequences. You have free will with your relationships. There's consequences. It's and he's you live in a cause and effect universe. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's how he created it. So I really, really do say that stewardship is the most powerful and the most attractive gospel that'll ever be preached. Like you said, uh, I always I wrote it down. I always preach the gospel when necessary. Use words. And by the way, it was Saint Assisi. Uh, uh, okay. he, he's pretty smart cookie. I've read some of the stuff. <laughs> so, I love that. So you talked earlier about wanting to leave ripples behind and a million people a month and all of those things. Let's say I invented this magic machine and I could pluck you out of the chair where you are today and take you into the future 100 to 150 years. And you were able to magically, through the power of this machine, look back on your whole life and see all of the ripples, all of the impacts, everything that you've left behind. What impact do you hope you've left behind on the world? I hope that I can look back in, in the through the window of time, however long that is, and see one individual that I impact, that maybe they got an extra day. Maybe they got an extra week. Maybe it's Kezekiah. I think he got 15 extra years because he, he bargained with God. And in, in that individual, I think there's for every person, there is destined conversation because we're, relation, we're relational beings. And that conversation, you and I may be having our last right here. We don't know. We're not promised tomorrow. We're, you're in great health. I'm in great health, but we're, but we're not promised tomorrow. But that last conversation that individual has impacts beyond anybody's wildest dream because that individual made it to their destination. I know I, it, I'm reminded, and I, and I really hadn't thought of this until you said it, but the client, of, uh, one of the very first people that I started working with is an individual that I actually cold called him. He's uh, he's pretty well-known person in the online space and I asked him if he wanted to help with his weight, and then he did, and so he became a client. And it was pretty scary, but it was it, it's proven to be a great decision for both of us. And he's, the fact that he lost 90 pounds and gained 30 pounds of muscle, that's all nice. But at the end of the day, what I told him that day, I said, what I dream of for you, and I don't say this to everybody, but I, but it hit me the first time I think I ever said, I said, is for you to make that last conversation and for it to really mean something and for you to arrive at that destination and it be something that impacts into the millenniums. That's what I want to look back on and say, how many times did that get to happen? Because I walked in what God was calling me to do. That's the cool stuff. But what's coming next for you as you continue on this journey? What's on the roadmap? When it, I say all the time, people, you asked me earlier, and, and I didn't even think to say this, but it is the truth. I, this is something that chose me. I don't feel like I chose it. I really mm-hmm. don't. And so it really is just impacting an, another man, another woman, uh, keep on going. But honestly, I, I want to be part of changing the trajectory of obesity. I really do. Because I think it's the greatest spiritual opportunity uh, for Christians that will ever, that has ever existed from as far as that we have a chance to really change something, have the tools right here to do it. And it's, and it's simple. It's not easy. And I have no clue how it's going to be done. I have no clue what part I'll play. But I just know that it's out there to be done and to change that from growing to more in the way I, and this is my math. It's not the world health organization or any of those math, but just based on the numbers that I've researched, it's going to take more than a million people a month to turn it around. And 
And that's not even getting into the, you don't even touch the principle speaking from a financial side. You just, you're just getting into it. Growth. You can find Alan on Facebook as Alan Thomas Transformation and on YouTube as Rethink Dieting. Of course, you can find out more about Alan and his coaching and hook up with him on his website, transformmyfuture.com. Of course, I'll have links to all of this over in the show notes. Alan, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? Absolutely. And I, I prepared something for your audience. If they will go, it's a training that that all of my clients have been through. And it really is a five-step strategy that I use. And it is every one of my clients started here at this, but if they go to transformmyfuture.com, and that's transformmyfuture.com, no spaces, and put a forward slash and put I for inspired, S for stewardship, and P for podcast, ISP. They can go there and they'll be taken to the training. And I've had pe- many people come to me who all they did was watch that train and say, gosh, I lost 20 pounds, I lost 30 pounds, I lost whatever, just because it made sense. It's forewarned. I'm not giving you a diet if you haven't figured that out. I'm not giving you an exercise <laughs> plan, but we give you real actionable things that you can do that will make a huge difference in your life. So definitely go there. And anytime you're spelling Allen, always remember my parents were, didn't have a lot of money when I was young, so they only could afford one L-A-N. So, <laughs> so in here, but, uh, but thanks so much for having me, Scott. It's been fun. Absolutely. And I'll put a link in the show notes as well to that resource. Thank you for providing that for folks. I know. It. And here's the other thing I'd add to it. And even if you're not struggling, quote unquote, with your weight, I'd be willing to bet you <laughs> just because I know how these things work, that going through those and reading that and looking at those, that resource would help you in other areas as well. Because like we've been talking about throughout this whole thing, I think it's all interconnected at the end of the day. So thanks for being here. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures, develop your influence, and impact the world.